Good morning, students, and welcome back to another episode of Armor Class. My name is Derek, and I will be your headmaster. Last week, we joined our heroes as they completed their adventure through the city of Taranka, got questionably caught up with the city guard, and returned a young child to her mother. And we left them as they were getting their first glance of Armor Class, School of Martial and Magical Arts. And this week, we join them as they get their first taste of Armor Class and prepare for the Armor Class showcase. But first, our normal announcements. By the time that this episode releases to the public, we should be live on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, which is a really big step for us. So if you're enjoying the show and have access to either Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, we would appreciate it immensely if you would check us out on those platforms as well and leave us a review, a like, a follow, all the social media things. You can also follow us on other platforms such as TikTok and Instagram. All of those links are available in our link tree in the show notes. And if you would further like to support the show, consider checking out our Patreon, where for just $5 a month you get access to a number of exclusive benefits, such as having access to official episode releases seven days before the rest of the public, exclusive bonus content and episodes such as the outtake episode that is going to go up after the publication of this episode, in-character journal entries, letters home, and poetry, and full-length bonus episodes. You'll also have access to our Patreon-exclusive Discord channels and be invited to any and all live events that we hold. For $10 a month, you'll have access to the entire homebrew resource database built for Valaya, Teranka, and Armor Class. So if you play D&D and are interested in running your own campaign, you will have access to all the resources to do so. Or if you would just like to follow along and look at the character sheets of the people that you're hearing about, you'll have access to everything necessary to do so. And if you're interested in being an even bigger part of Armor Class, for $15 a month, you will receive a personalized shout out in every episode of Armor Class. And that's the pitch. All in all, we just want to say how much we appreciate all of you. We love sharing this story with you and these characters, and we can't thank you enough for listening and following along. So, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Please turn in your books to Chapter 3, The Armor Class Showcase. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoy the episode. We're on a journey to discover what we're made of in a So you guys have experienced quite a bit, uh, and as we left off, as you crested the the staircase from the second tier of Taranka up to the tier four armor classes castle, and you guys saw some familiar faces. So I'm going to take us back just a little bit and have you uh, reintroduce you to the castle and the people that you see, and we'll get rolling. All right. <laughs> uh oh. Mm-hmm. It's fine. So. As you wait, as you make your way up the alabaster steps that take you from the second tier of Taranka, you see the gates of the armor class are open wide and framed by massive pillars. As you crest the top of the staircase, you notice there are people, presumably students, standing everywhere in the open courtyard. And beyond them, you see the beautiful walls, peaks, and towers of armor class stretched to the sky. The walkway leads through a large courtyard with beautifully maintained lawns and is littered with the intricate statues of honored heroes. As each of you walk along the pathway, you are approached by perhaps the only familiar face in this crowd. So, Bash, 
as you're looking around at everything, a not orc approaches you as you call her. Oh, dear, dear. <laughs> and uh, you recognize this to be your letter giver, Malia. Oh. <laughs> oh. That not orc. That not orc. Uh, so she says, hello again. Uh, Bash. I'm does, glad to see you've made it. Bash does the uh, typical thing that all teen boys do and kind of freaks out for a second and then tries to regain his composure and fail. Uh, uh hello? Uh, <clears throat> uh yes. Uh, hi. <laughs> the voice cracks. <laughs> Uh, so you have, uh, so it's good to see that you've made it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got lost a few times, but I, I made a new friend, and, uh, uh, we adventured, fought an apple wizard. An uh, apple wizard? Yeah, it was a weird thing. That's It was interesting. super weird. She brushes her hair back behind her horn. She says, maybe you could tell me about that sometime. Uh, well, I, uh. Uh, yeah, that'd be super, uh, Rin, what do you say when things are good? Rin! Um, um, I, I don't know, yippee? I don't know. Y- yippee, that'd be super yippee. <laughs> oh my god. Did you just? <laughs> That's great. Ren was barely paying attention. <laughs> yippee. Wow. She says... Right. Um, okay, well, if you will come with me, I will take you to the uh, amphitheater. Oh, the yeah. Arena. I'll follow you anytime. I mean, uh, <laughs> right. Let's, let's go. Okay. Wait, and <clears throat> do, you, do you say anything to your group of friends that you got here with? Uh, no, Bash forgot all about them except for Rin. <laughs> Rin's just looking at all the people like yeah. in shock. Yep. Bash Everybody just reaches him. out and grabs for Rin. <laughs> Hopefully he's there. He's not. Bash just continues on. Oh, no. <laughs> he can't miss this opportunity. Oh no. Yep. So all right. So you go off with Malia and Horace. Um, as you watch as you watch Bash get dragged off, quote unquote. Uh, and by yep. that I mean run off after a uh spicy tiefling in his eyes, you are approached by another half orc. Who looks up down at you, literally down at you, with heavy disdain. I look back at him. He says, Honeywell. Wheel. I, I'm, I'm, I cannot believe you actually made it. I can't believe they let you in, so. I was here before you. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. Yeah. Your standards must amazing. have dropped before I, I got here, amazing. but it's fine. I, I am amazing. Whatever. Listen. He grabs you by the scruff of your shoulder. <laughs> I've got to show you to your seat. Let's go. Let's get this over with. <laughs> and I think he drags you off. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So you're now you are off to the to the amphitheater. Very clear. It was someone I don't like. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that leads us to Eliana. Oh boy. You then see. I believe yours was like a rugged, like hill dwarf, mountain dwarf. I don't think you ever got at his name either. But he walks up to you. He's like, "Hello." Uh. He's like, "Eliana, glad to see you made it." Thanks. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's uh, your name again? Red Thiel. What was that? Red Thiel. Red Thiel. Red Thiel. Okay, <laughs> got it. Fireforge. You can call me Red. Okay, Red. <laughs> Nice to meet you. We've already met. Nice uh, to meet you again. This way. And he turns <laughs> inside <laughs> and like waddles off. <laughs> All business. Yeah. All right. And then that brings us to Ren. Left alone oh, yeah, Ren, on the top of the stairs. Ren turns and is like, Bash, look at all these Bash? <laughs> oh. Do you think they're all students? What? Where, are, where are all my <laughs> friends? Uh. And Ren is just uh, terrified seeing all these unfamiliar people. Right, naturally. So then you... I love how all this happened within like the span of six seconds and none of us had time to like react to the other <laughs> one or do anything to help. Or... What's going on? Are you okay going with that person? Or 
I love how they all magically just knew we were here. Yeah. That's the part that gets me. They're all waiting here for their first years. They've been waiting here for months. Nah, everybody arrives within the span of like three or four days. Oh. Yeah. We made it right on time. I thought yeah, it was you the, did. the ties of fate that brought us together. Now, there is there is a little a little plot stitching here because you you got here and uh I wasn't sure how long your adventures in Terranca were going to last, so we got we had 48 hours to get to the top of the staircase. Gotcha. And that was the start of Armor Class. Nice. So, you see a little rock gnome approaching you and he's like, I remember his voice. He's like, "Hello again." Rendu and Locke. Uh, I see that you have managed to leave the confines of your manor. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, it wasn't hard, really. Well, it seemed like it would be. They, the, the way the door was slammed in my face. Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm sorry about you know, Mister Pimbleton. He's just mm. kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> Very well. So anyway, uh. Uh, I am meant to bring you to the amphitheater, the oh. arena. Um, is that where my, my friends went? What friends? I, I don't see anyone. I came here with, with a group of friends, and now they're all, they're all gone. Well, they're here. I know nothing about that. Are they students? Yeah. Well, then probably. Okay. If you have to go there, why wouldn't your friends go there? I don't know. Okay. Shall we? Sure. Okay. <laughs> so he turns around in a huff and leads you back to, uh, you guys go weird. around. See, <laughs> so that was a little weird. Um, so each of you are led through the halls of the structures uh, lining the courtyard around the main castle to the amphitheater. And they seat you in the front few rows in the middle of the seating area. And then they just each of this happens to each of you. You're not even necessarily sitting next to each other in these first few rows of seating, um, but you all are here. Um, and then, then each of you is then deserted by the person who brought you here. Oh, good. So uh, they, you see them. If you pay attention to where they go, you see them walk off and sit with various groups. Uh, and if you Remember correctly, you recognize the people that they're sitting with to be the groups that you saw them with when they got their letters, when you got your letters. Mm. Bash, so. bash stairs the whole time. <laughs> Just watch as they go. Yep. I hate to see you go, but I love to watch you leave. <laughs> hey. Hey. Not work. What's up? <laughs> what it do? What it do? <laughs> Baby boo. All right. On that note, this is the moment we've been waiting for. Um, as more and more people trickle in from the walkways, people are sitting in and near you guys. Um, they are the people guiding them are then leaving and going sitting with other groups, just as it happened with you. And after no more people start trickling in, there seems to be a tone of excitement just welling about welling up within everybody around you. You guys have no idea what's about to happen, but some, but but they do. They know what's happening. Renduin's terrified. <laughs> no idea what's going on. No idea. I think Horus is taken in by the excitement. Is like, all right, let's go. Let's see what's gonna happen. Gets caught up. Yeah, yeah. so easy. Nice. Bash gonna... ready's in action. Has <laughs> 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 a hand around an axe handle in his bag. Yes. Yeah. This just is like on his side. preparing us for combat. All right, what's the Eliana thing? I'm just kind of waiting to see what happens. Okay, just chilling. All right, just chilling, going with the flow. So, in as the din rises, it autumn. It all of a sudden just drops out completely. There's there's no sound. Everyone is quiet, and you look around. and You're not sure what's changed. But then, as you look up on the balcony over the the uh, arena within the amphitheater walks out a a lanky thin red dragonborn and it's an impressive sight what the hell <laughs> what is that i didn't think those were real what the hell is this place <laughs> <laughs> all right as as everybody is nice and silent he stands there with his arms like behind his back in a very proper pose and he says 
he booms out into the amphitheater. Armor class, school of martial and magical arts, has stood on these grounds for over 1,200 years. And though the heroes that have that once saved our world from destruction have long since left us, their legacy lives on through each and every one of you. And in honor of that sentiment, it is with great pride and excitement that I welcome you all to another year at Armor Class. And the crowd erupts in massive cheers. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Why is everyone screaming? They cover my ears. It's the the excitement is palpable. So he continues. To start off this afternoon's festivities, an introduction. My name is Carator. Some of you might have heard of me and my adventures, but currently I am the headmaster of Armor Class. As for some announcements, ooh, got tripped up. <laughs> the forest is a restricted area for which you must have written permission from staff before you may enter, and is furthermore prohibited entirely to Greenhorn students. I find that it is also pertinent to remind you that Armor Class, in its extensive history, has played host to any number of greater beings over many years, frightening fae, dangerous devils, and even the occasional god or goddess, have been known to dwell and walk openly amongst our grounds. Take this word of caution, for though all who venture here respect our goals and missions, a wayward student might find themselves striking a kinship they are not prepared to honor. And lastly, and he gets very serious, the armor class staff, myself included, work very hard to ensure that each and every one of you are safe within these hallowed walls. But by the very nature of what you will be learning here, you will find yourself up against real dangers, the likes of which you will have never seen before. That being said, do not make our jobs harder by being careless or reckless. Be vigilant, be attentive, be smart, and one day, you will be heroes! The crowd erupts in Woo! applause and cheers. Did you guys find that expiring? Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> that was oh, I like that. I'm Fantastic. pumped. I'm ready. Yeah. All right. So this is going to be all... You guys can interact however you want. This is yeah. going to be a lot of me just telling you what you're seeing. Okay? okay. A lot of it. So, now, without further ado, the moment you've all been waiting for, let the class showcase begin! Kerator steps aside, gesturing behind him, uh, and a howl echoes out of the darkness just before a hulking high elf emerges at full speed. He launches oh. himself over the railing as from somewhere you can't see, a large oak barrel just flies into the air of the arena. And with one sweeping motion, this man that just yeeted himself off the balcony Cleaves it to splinters with his great great axe. Good lord! Oh my god, that's awesome. Yeah, he lands on the ground, and you look into his eyes, and they're just filled with rage. But he's just looking around. From beneath the balcony, a bulky hill dwarf steps out toward the 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 big high elf, and she draws her she draws her great axe, and her eyes their her eyes fill with rage, and they meet. And Kerator says, presenting Professor Sakar and Professor Rentheth and their barbarian showcase. Professor Sakar moves first. With an echoing bellow, he blasts across the distance between him and Professor Ranteth in nearly an instant like a charging bullet. 
He raises his great axe high above his head, ready to bring it right down on his opponent, but Professor Ranteth blocks Sakar's attack with her own great axe, and sparks fly from the crashing metal. Ranteth throws Sakar back 20 feet as she deflects his attack, paralleling his strength. Ranteth raises her great axe to the sky and shouts, Let my rage be your tool, my body your vessel. Let your divine might flow through me. And the sky seems to darken as she speaks. Then from directly above her, a sharp beam of golden radiant light rends through the clouds and strikes her raised great axe. Ranteth smiles, now emitting the same golden light herself, her confidence and presence now palpable as her power radiates off her body in waves. The crowd begins to cheer even stronger. There's laughter coming from the center of the arena. It's deep and guttural. It's like a growl. And as you shift your attention from Professor Renteth to Professor Sikar, you see him hunched over, dragging his great axe on the ground, and he drops it entirely. He throws his head back in a rage-filled madness. And as that cackle that you've been hearing deepens, his eyes bulge, and uh, he begins to change. His face and jaw elongates into a snout, his eyes redden, and his teeth turn to points. Uh, His hair becomes long and shaggy, and his finger grow into deadly claws. His feet turn into paws, and his legs become canine in structure. Professor Carr falls forward on all fours, his eyes staring dagger into Renteth's gold ones. The tension rises, and everybody's cheering. They move at the same millisecond, and in a blink of an eye, they've changed places on the arena field. It appeared that neither attack had connected until Professor Ranteth's radiant glow begins to flicker, and she begins to fall. Professor Sakar changes back into his normal, his normal form uh, and catches her before she hits the ground, and Karator speaks, And there you have it, folks. Professor Sakar takes the Barbarian Showcase this year. And what a show it was. And so he leads the crowd in a, in, a, in a round of applause. What do you guys think of that? What the hell? They knew that he that was, was going to awesome. turn into a monster? Red's mind blown. <laughs> that was the most intense thing I've ever seen. Yes. Yeah. It was high energy. Are any of my friends within 30 feet of me? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Who's within 30 feet of me? Uh, Roll it. 14. Eliana is within 30 feet of you. I would say I've done this. I'm going to, because I'm ghost wise, I can telepathically check in with her and do okay. telepathic speech. I'm just going to check in with and be like, that was so You said cool, that you, you have done this? I'll say she like knows my voice. We've probably okay. done this like on our adventure. On your, on your journey? Yeah, on our journey to here. Cool. I'll just be like, that was so cool. <laughs> Can she talk? Can she speak back? Yeah, she can speak back if she shares a language which we both speak common. I assume. Yes. Oh, okay. You do both. Yeah. Speak. So, what do you say back? That was in, that. I don't even know what to say about that. That was extremely wild. <laughs> this was just the first one. I'm so excited. That was the very first exciting. One. I'm still trying to comprehend it at all. You going to take barbarian classes? I think so. <laughs> no, no. You should. You should wait. We should yeah, wait. See I all of them. Wait. Yeah. 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 So Karator says next, presenting their Bardic Showcase, Professor Mawold and Professor Kenloy. The first is a human with a charming smile. He steps forward in a full theatrical garb, his arms raised in a grand gesture of presentation. Beside him, a beautiful tiefling woman, Bash, um, <laughs> a beautiful tiefling woman expertly playing a lute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Another, Another not, not work. work. Yep. Uh-oh. Professor Kenloy is atop the balcony playing the lute, and Professor Malwold is leading in with a flute up on the balcony. Professor Kenloy jumps from the balcony to the arena, arena floor with an effortless grace, not missing a note at all. As the music rises, Professor Malwold lowers his flute and begins to speak to all of you. He begins to sing. He says, Attention all, young eager minds, and listen to my prose. For it is here that heroes learn to face and fight their foes. 
And as he sings from the arena floor, Ken Loy is like dancing while playing her lute. Magic is materializing around her. She is creating these almost ethereal beings and effigies, figures that dance around her and follow along in the the dance of the music. As she elevates her playing, they begin to move faster. There's sparkling and shimmering, shimmering and visible magic everywhere. And Mawald continues, Take Kinloy here, a skillful bard. She's of a mighty batch. As a master of creation, her magic knows no match. Sparkles and lights begin popping and dancing along with all the figures as they twirl around, Kenloy conducting them along with their music. Me, myself, I tell tall tales to inspire those around. The web of lore I weave indeed does much to draw a crowd. Um, and as they, as they begin to intertwine their two bits of bardic magic, you can feel the level of inspiration rising within the crowd. You guys all feel like you're, being, you're, you're hanging on their every word, their every movement. We all know where Bash is looking. <laughs> right at the Nautilus. Glad we're establishing Bash's type. <laughs> <laughs> now, here you are, Blake Pages all, on the precipice of glory. But first you must still choose the path that will begin your story. As the, uh, the song continues to elevate and strengthen, it's tangible what you feel. Fear not, young friends. There's only twelve of us from whom to choose. But no matter the choice, we'll teach the skills to win instead of lose. And they finish with a flourish. All of the created effigies that uh, Kinloy has made down in the arena have popped out of existence and confetti seems to fall and (laughs) they bow. The Hmm. crowd cheers. That was awesome. That was a good show. (laughs) Good show. That one wasn't uh, scary. (laughs) Poor Red. Poor Red. I would have Hmm. loved to have checked in with you, but... (laughs) I'm lost in the crowd. You're lost man. in the crowd. I'm just man. gripping my Can't seat. Like, what the yeah. hell is going on here? Yep. You know, a lot of people ask me, hey, Garmalaxion, master of the arcane, what is the hardest part about being the most badass and handsome wizard in all the nine realms? Well, I'll level with you. It's the legs. I spend all this time and all my components casting wicked sick spells at some fools, and their stupid little legs hop right out of the way of my lightning or some shit, and it really tussles my toadstools, you know? But luckily for you, if you're a sick magic slingin' hunk like me, I've found the answer for our conundrums. I've ordered some lovely prints from Oakenthornartistry.com and adorn my walls and all of my lair with some of the most breathtaking prints of hand-painted work from one of the most renowned artists in all the land. And now these silly scrubs are so busy gawking at this luxurious, high-quality, one-of-a-kind finished pieces of quality art, they don't even notice when I slither my little body behind them and blast them into the worm dimension. Now, you may be thinking, But I don't need any art for my walls. And I say, you fool! Not only does OakenthorneArtistry.com have wonderful framed canvases or poster-style prints, they also have high-quality enamel mugs for you to sip your devious potions from. Exquisite. So, if you're a U.S.-based trickster looking to stop adventurers in their tracks with some amazing-looking art on your boring, dinky walls, or maybe a mug to get for that special sorcerer down at the local tavern, wink wonk, then click the link in the description and discover magic in art at Oakenthorn Artistry. That's all. It took a while for the cheers to die down. The cloud was super, super energized. But Kerator comes in and he says, Next, presenting the Cleric Showcase. 
Professor Agami and Professor Maximian. Professor Gami walks in. She's a she's a she's a tiny rock gnome. Uh, she wears a, a suit of gleaming plate mail armor emblazoned with the symbol of the goddess of knowledge. Professor Maxinian is tall, lean, half-elf, green eyes, simple robes, carried a staff that glows with soft white light, and they walk into the arena. All right, so Agami was the first to act, unleashing a barrage of spells in quick succession. She began casting Bless on herself, granting her additional strength and accuracy. Next, she summoned a spiritual weapon, a shimmering blade of pure energy that floated beside her, ready to strike at her command. Finally, she unleashed a powerful fireball, sending a ball of flames hurtling towards Cruz. Maxinian. He was not caught off guard. He quickly raised a shield, which glowed with a bright light, and as it absorbed the brunt of Agami's attacks, he then unleashed a wave of radiant energy, striking Agami with searing light. The light burned away her blessed spell, leaving her vulnerable. Undeterred, Agami continued her assault. She summoned a wall of force, a shimmering barrier that surrounded her protecting her from Maxinian's attacks. She then cast Guiding Bolt, a searing beam of energy that lanced out towards Cruz. Maxinian. I didn't introduce him by his first name. Maxinian was not so easily defeated, however. He called upon the power of his domain, summoning a group of celestial soldiers to aid him in battle. The soldiers charged towards Agami, their swords glowing with radiant energy, Agami quickly responded by casting Hold Person, freezing Maxinian in place and preventing him from attacking. She then unleashed a devastating thunder wave, sending a powerful shock wave rippling out from her, slamming into Maxinian and his celestial soldiers. He struggled to regain his footing, but was quickly overwhelmed by Agami's relentless assault. She continued to pummel him with spells, her spiritual weapon striking true with every blow. Finally, with a final blast of magical energy, she brought Maxinian to his knees. Uh, some lady power. Yeah. <laughs> I think Horace is stunned. He's never seen this level of magic before. Like Brendan's before. never seen this much fighting. Uh, that, <laughs> well. Get used to it. <laughs> yeah. What's Bash think? Is he getting excited yeah. about all the combat? Bash is excited about this fun show. That's part of the party. <laughs> That's part of the entertainment for the party. Yeah. And he's kind of looking around, seeing all the uh, not works around him, and a little confused, but excited, and wondering where the food booth is so he can get a drink. Mm. What's, a, what's a show without, a, without an ale? He's uh, too ginger young to have ale. ale. Yeah, yeah ginger, ginger ale. Work ginger ale. <laughs> Not sponsored. It's the most alcoholic drink ever made. <laughs> we go, we're going to make Orcish ginger ale? Yeah. Is that going to yeah. be one of our merches? Mm -hmm. It's just moonshine with ginger ale poured <laughs> on top. <laughs> just a splash. <laughs> oh my gosh, just a splash with bash. I yeah, just a splash with bash. sat next to some ginger ale for an hour. What? I said a jar of moonshine that sat next to some ginger ale for an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. Give it the give it the Lacroix. Yeah, the, the Lacroix to the ginger. Uh, yeah, that's no ginger hilarious. added. Just a hint. <laughs> Ginger-free ginger ale. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite. Don't so, Agami goes and picks Maxinian up, uh, claps him on the back, and <laughs> they walk off arm in arm. And Carator is back on the balcony again. He says. Well fought, well fought. Now, the Druidic Showcase, Professor Goldhollow and Professor Aaron. Moving into one corner of the arena, Professor Goldfellow, dressed in light armor, and his hair is a shock of white that glows in the sunlight. In the other corner stands Professor Aaron. He's a hulking figure, dressed in sturdy leather armor and carrying a staff that crackles with energy. The two professors face each other, and the crowd falls silent. Then, with a nod to each other, they begin to cast their spells. Professor Goldhollow starts with a simple incantation, and suddenly the air around him begins to shimmer with a pale blue light. He's cast the Armor of Agathis spell, which will protect him from harm and inflict damage on anyone who strikes him in melee combat. As he finishes the spell, he holds up his hand, and a wall of ice appears between him and Professor Aaron. Professor Aaron responds with a spell of his own, 
He begins to chant, and the air around him begins to hum with a, with a low vibration. Then, with a flick of his wrist, he sends a wave of energy towards Professor Goldhollow. It's the thunder wave spell, and it hits the ice wall with a resounding boom. The wall cracks but holds, and Professor Goldhollow is unharmed. Not to be outdone, Professor Goldhollow casts a spell of his own. He stretches out his hands, and a ball of fire appears between them. He hurls it towards Professor Aaron, who dodges to the side, but is still caught by the edge of the flames, causes a small explosion scorching the ground and sending up a cloud of smoke. Professor Aaron responds with a spell of his own, calling forth a swarm of insects to attack Professor Goldhollow. The air around the halfling fills with buzzing, biting insects, but he's able to brush them away with a wave of his hand. Finally... Professor Goldhollow decides to try a more unconventional approach. He raises his hands towards the sky and the air around him begins to grow colder. Snowflakes appear in the air, swirling around him in a miniature blizzard. The snow begins to fall faster and faster, and soon it's a full-blown blizzard. The wind howls through the arena, and the snow piles up around the two druids. Professor Aaron struggles to see through the swirling snowflakes, and he can barely hear his own thoughts over the sound of the wind. He's disoriented. Taking advantage of his subopponent's confusion, Professor Goldhollow summons forth a spectral polar bear. The bear charges through the snow towards its target, its ghostly form leaving no tracks in the snow. Professor Aaron tries to counter with a spell of his own, but the blizzard is too strong and the spell fizzles out. He draws his scimitar and prepares to defend himself against the spectral bear. The bear claws at him, but Professor Aaron is able to fend off the attack. Suddenly, the blizzard dissipates and the snow stops falling and the polar bear disappears, and the two druids are left standing in the middle of the arena, panting and sweating. The audience erupts into applause, cheering for both professors. The magic is really interesting. Rendowin is very interested in, yeah, oh, in all the magic Horace seeing a halfling, like, shifts in his seat and stands, like, a little taller and more proud, like, yes, <laughs> this is what yes. halflings are capable of. Kerator comes back, and he says, Congratulations to our druids, an excellent show of the magic and power of nature. We welcome to the arena for the fighter showcase, Professor Konak and Professor Pira. You guys, the audience doesn't know Professor Pira yet, but you guys know Professor <laughs> yeah, Pira. I remember. From the beta session. Yeah. Whoops. Professor Konak stood tall and proud, his long silver hair flowing in the breeze. He wore a set of ornate plate armor engraved with intricate runes that glowed with a faint blue light. In his right hand, he held a massive greatsword, also adorned with glowing runes. On the other side of the arena stood Professor Pira, a graceful figure dressed in lightweight armor that allowed for freedom of movement. Her long, dark hair was tied back in a tight braid, and her piercing green eyes gleamed with determination. As the signal to begin was given, the two professors charged toward each other, their weapons raised. Konak swung his greatsword in a wide arc, aiming for Pira's midsection, but Pira was quick. She dodged to the side, narrowly avoiding the blade. Pira retaliated with a series of quick jabs, her fist glowing with psionic energy as she channeled her in her power. Konak parried her blows with ease, his sword singing as it clashed against her attacks. Suddenly, Konak let out a loud shout, and the runes on his armor flared with a bright blue light. He grew in size and strength, towering over Pyrrha like a giant. Pyrrha remained undaunted, however, and continued to attack with quick and precise strikes. The two professors continued to exchange blows, their weapons clashing with thunderous force. Konak's rune magic allowed him to shrug off some of Pyrrha's attacks, but she was relentless, always seeking out weaknesses in his defenses. As the battle raged on, Konak unleashed a powerful spell, conjuring a bolt of lightning that struck Pira directly. With a swift movement, Pira leapt into the air, flipping over Konak's head and landing behind him. She took advantage of his momentary distraction to strike him with a powerful psionic blast, knocking him off his feet. The audience roared with excitement as Pira emerged victorious, but Konak was not defeated. He rose to his feet, a grin on his face, and bowed to the cheering crowd. So much Pira. fighting. We love, we love Professor Pira. Yeah. That yeah. is why you're at school. Carator <laughs> <laughs> comes back. He says, For the monk showcase, Professor Lonerd and Professor Aton. The two professors took to the center of the arena. 
Professor Lonerd stood tall, his muscular frame rippling with energy. He took a deep breath, centering himself as Professor Aton stood opposite him, her small frame belying her fierce spirit. With a nod to each other, the two began to circle, eyes locked in focus. Professor Aton was the first to strike, darting in with a fury of quick blows. Professor Loner deftly dodged her attacks, his movements fluid and graceful. He countered with a swift kick, which she easily blocked. She flowed around Professor Loner, dodging and weaving with ease, striking out with her fists and feet. Professor Lonerd was not to be outdone. He used his ability to launch a bolt of energy at her, which she dodged, barely avoiding the blast. She responded with her own, which he deftly deflected. The crowd was on the edge of their seats as the two professors continued to battle. As they circled each other, a hush fell over the audience as they prepared for the final exchange. With a shout, Professor Aton launched herself at Professor Lonerd, her fist flying in a blur of motion. He met her attacks head-on, his own fist striking with deadly accuracy. Professor Aton landed a swift kick to Professor Lonerd's chest. He stumbled back, gasping for breath as she stood triumphant in front of him. Professor Lonerd simply smiled, acknowledging her victory. Monks are cool. Monks are cool. They don't get good till Monks are very cool. Later. I played a level 15 monk. That was very, very Did fun. you? <laughs> yeah, remember? That was your campaign. Oh, yeah. 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 We played, we played it for a minute. <laughs> Monks are good. Kerator takes to the balcony again. He says, Well done, professors. Now, for the Paladin Showcase. Professor Baratil and Professor Umolau. Do you need spelling? I see you taking notes. I think I'm the only one, and I'm the only one that's not going to use them because I'm an idiot. So <laughs> I feel kind of like I'm wasting my time, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to ask them for them later. So. Yeah, but is Bash going to actually take notes on the entertainment? No. No, <laughs> no but I'm sure <laughs> one of us would have and we would have shared. Maybe. Maybe. As if Bash would even be concerned about notes anyway. It's a party for nope. all he knows. <laughs> nope, this is a party. Exactly. This yeah. is all entertainment. That he didn't have to pay for. (laughs) Bash is super excited because it's nothing but fighting and he didn't have to pay for it and he's at a party. I just imagine Bash is just like at the edge of his seat, just like, what's next? What's next? Yeah, he's having a great time. He's a little annoyed that nobody's brought out food yet. But besides that, (laughs) there's no drinks. He's he's around a bunch of weirdos who aren't fighting because he thought this was going to be where the fighting was happening. He gave up on round three. <laughs> <laughs> he was waiting to be invited. Yeah. 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 Does anyone dare challenge? That's awesome. He was hoping it would be like a mosh pit situation. Oh, God. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. Everybody <laughs> enters. Which is the only form of music that orcs have. <laughs> yep. I that, love it. That's hilarious. And drums. They've got drums, right? Well, yeah. They play those around the mosh pit. Yeah. Okay. Inside the drum circle. Yeah. <laughs> A drum circle is just an orc mosh pit. <laughs> exactly. I'm glad you figured it out. Uh, All right. So Professor Baradol, a powerful red dragonborn, stood tall and proud. She wore gleaming plate armor and wielded a glowing great sword in one hand. On the other side of the arena stood Professor Umulau, a charismatic tiefling. She wore imposing black armor, and her great sword hummed with dark energy. As the two professors eyed each other warily, the crowd grew hushed, waiting for the first strike to be made. Suddenly, Professor Umalau charged forward, her sword glowing with malevolent energy. Professor Baradol braced herself, holding her sword up in a defensive stance. As Umalau's sword crashed down against Baradol's great sword, a burst of light exploded from the point of impact, causing both combatants to stagger back. The audience gasped. Baradil quickly regained her balance and launched a counterattack. As she brought her sword down upon Umalau, a deafening boom echoed through the arena, sending shockwaves rippling across the ground. Umalau was knocked off her feet. Umalau scrambled to her feet, snarling in frustration. She charged at Baradil again, and this time the two swords clashed in a shower of sparks. The two paladins circled each other, their swords flashing in the sunlight as they fought with all their might. Eventually... Baradol gained the upper hand. With a final, powerful strike, she disarmed Umalau, sending her sword flying out of her hand. Umalau fell to her knees, panting heavily, as Baradol pointed her sword at her defeated opponent. The two paladins embraced, and the crowd erupted into cheers and applause. 
The two professors bowed to the audience, acknowledging the applause before leaving the arena. Carator comes uh, back out on the balcony, clapping. He says, well done, well done. Now, welcome, Professor Dyer and Professor Setuv in the Ranger Showcase. Professor Dyer stood on one side of the arena, her leather armor glinting in the sun. Her bow was slung across her back, and her quiver was full of arrows. On the other side stood Professor Satuv, a high elf with his trusty companion, a giant eagle named Zephyr. The audience watched intently as the two professors sized each other up, both eager to showcase their skills. Professor Satuv gave a sharp whistle, and Zephyr took to the sky, circling overhead. As Zephyr dove down, his talons poised to strike Professor Dyer swiftly, fires two arrows in a single shot. The first arrow flew true, striking Zephyr in the chest, but the second arrow missed the bird flapped its wings and moved to the side. Professor Setuv took the opportunity to strike, sending his eagle in for an attack as he drew his sword. Dyer, aware of the danger, makes herself invisible to Setuv and Zephyr. Setuv, confused by Dyer's sudden disappearance, was on high alert, ready to defend himself against any incoming attacks. Zephyr, however, had an advantage over Satuv as he could sense Dyer's location. Dyer took advantage of this using her invisibility to move to a new position. A thick cloud of mist enveloped the arena, obscuring the vision of Satuv and Zephyr. Satuv communicates with Zephyr and coordinates their attacks. The giant eagle took to the sky once more, circling above the cloud, while Satuv moved cautiously around the perimeter, his sword at the ready. Dyer, still invisible, knew that the cloud wouldn't last forever. She took a deep breath and focused her energy. With a swift motion, she fired the arrow towards the sky, the lightning crackling as it struck Zephyr in mid-flight. Satuv, shocked by the sudden attack, turned to face Dyer, who had become visible once more. He charged forward, his sword glinting in the sun, but Dyer was ready. She pulled out her trusty dagger. The dagger glowed with magical aura as it hit Satuv, and vines grew from the ground, wrapping around his legs and rooting him in place. Dyer took advantage of Satuv's immobilization, firing arrow after arrow towards him. Satuv struggled to break free from the vines, but it was too late. Dyer's arrows struck true, and Satuv fell to the ground defeated. The audience erupted into applause as Dyer emerged victorious. Satuv rose to his feet, his pride slightly wounded. Rangers. Going to uh, telepathically back to Eliana and be like, she was a badass. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I want to be like her. I see you guys you guys are liking your liking some things. Yeah. This is <clears throat> this has been very well done. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Colin Payne. Though you may know me better as Ren here on Armor Class. I've interrupted this fine broadcast to pose to you a question. What is the sweetest sound in the world? Close your eyes and really try to imagine it. Maybe it's the breeze on the ocean, or a beautiful symphony, perhaps even the voice of someone you hold very close to your heart. Touching, isn't it? Mmm, it is. But it's wrong. Incorrect. Whatever you just thought of, it's not it, Chief. But don't you worry, my dear viewer, because I am here to tell you exactly what the sweetest sound in the world actually is. And that sound, my friends, is uncommon nonsense. The new comedy podcast hosted by yours truly, with conversations so soothingly chill and bits so blisteringly hot, it'll have you entranced by the quality banter between a charismatic host and energetic, interesting guests while it burns your feeble flesh down to the bone. The funny bone. So if you like the sounds you're hearing and you're sick of podcasts taking themselves too seriously, then Uncommon Nonsense with Colin Payne is the show for you. Trust me, I don't take anything too seriously. Not even this. The entire time I've been recording this ad, I've been playing a janky recreation of Flappy Bird. You guys remember that? The iPhone game? Taking off the App Store? Anyway, get your funky junk over to youtube.com slash uncommoncolinyt and subscribe. Or give us a listen on Spotify by searching Uncommon Nonsense with Colin Payne. Or clicking the link in the description. We upload new episodes every other Thursday, so we'll catch you then. Now back to Not This Ad. All right, so Kerator is back on the balcony, and he says, Now, a showcase of roguish abilities by Professor Anenth and Professor Jara. 
At the center of the arena, Professor Ninth and Professor Jara face each other, weapons drawn and spells at the ready. Professor Ninth charges forward, his rapier flashing in the sunlight. Professor Jara, meanwhile, quickly disappears from sight, blending into the shadows. Ninth stops short, weary of his opponent's trickery. Suddenly, Jara appears behind him, wielding a short sword in each hand. Ninth is quick to react, dodging the first strike and parrying the second with his rapier. With a quick flourish, he strikes back, but Jara easily dodges his attack and disappears once more. This time, Jara reappears on the other side of the arena. Taking advantage of her natural elven speed and agility, she launches a barrage of spells at Ninth, who manages to dodge most of them, but takes a hit from a well-aimed ray of frost. Ninth responds with a spell of his own, casting Misty Step to teleport behind Jara and catch her off guard. He strikes with his rapier, but Jara is quick to react, dodging and countering with a sneak attack of her own. The two combatants continue to dance around each other, and Nenth is disengaging from Jara after each strike and avoiding her retaliatory attacks. Jara, meanwhile, uses her spells to keep Nenth off balance, using illusions to create distractions and openings for her attacks. The audience watches in awe, and Nenth uses his resilience to shrug off Jara's spells, while Jara uses her accuracy to land devastating critical hits. As the battle reaches its climax, Ananth finally lands a critical strike of his own, hitting Jara with a powerful sneak attack that leaves her reeling, and she responds with a spell to create multiple copies of herself and confuse Ananth. In the end, it's Ananth who emerges victorious, using his cunning and quick reflexes to outmaneuver Jara's spells and land the final blow. The audience erupts into cheers as the two rogues bow to each other in respect. Rogues are amazing. Do love a good rogue. Yeah. They're, they're so good. Yeah. They, as you guys are watching this, you're just seeing like these people like disappear and reappear. Yeah. <laughs> like all yeah, over the like, oh, is that spells coming oh, out of nowhere, flashing of swords. Brendan's definitely like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> There's something cool. about that. I can see you leaning that way. He broke into the library. You guys will see that in the future. <laughs> In my father's study. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about, like, potential bounty hunters that will come after us after armor class, but that's fine. No. That, that's adventures for later. No. <laughs> yeah. Surely not. My father doesn't care enough about me to send bounty hunters to come get me. But you took his money. No. <laughs> Family money. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was lock money, and I'm a lock. All right. Kerator <laughs> on the balcony again says, Now, the Sorcerer Showcase with Professor Maloon and Professor Revan. Professor Maloon, uh, a fierce-looking half-orc with piercing green eyes, stands with her arms crossed in front of her, radiating an aura of confidence. Her red robes billow in the breeze, revealing her muscular arms adorned with intricate, intricate tattoos. On the other side of the arena stands Professor Revan, a tall and slender wood elf with silver hair that glints in the sunlight. He is dressed in blue robes that hug his form, and his eyes are an otherworldly shade of purple, hinting at his connection to the aberrant plains. Both professors spring into action. Professor Maloon casts the blessed spell on herself, imbuing her attacks with divine energy. She then rushes towards Professor Revan, her hands crackling with electricity as she reaches him. She unleashes a bolt of lightning, but Professor Revan deftly dodges it, his form twisting unnaturally as he steps to the side. With a wave of his hand, Professor Revan casts the Charm Person spell on Professor Maloon, attempting to sway her to his side. However, her strong willpower allows her to shake off the effects of the spell, and she retaliates with a fireball. The fireball explodes in a burst of flame, but Professor Revan creates a psychic barrier to shield himself, blocking the damage. Professor Maloon's next move is to cast Spirit Guardians, summoning a group of spectral warriors that surround her and aid in her attacks. Professor Revan counters with a Mind Strike spell. Attempting to pierce through her defenses, the spell lands, causing Professor Maloon to stagger for a moment but she quickly regains her footing and continues her assault. The audience watches in awe as the professors demonstrate their incredible abilities. As the match nears its end, Professor Maloon delivers the final blow, casting in flick wounds on Professor Revan. Necrotic energy to surge through his body, 
and he falls to the ground unconscious. The audience erupts into applause. Professor Malone bows gracefully, a smile on her face, and Professor Revan slowly stands up, acknowledging the crowd's applause with a nod of his head. Sorcerers. How hmm. how is Ren feeling? This was a lot of magic, and you were like yeah. really unsettled at the beginning. It was very very interesting, <laughs> um, but also very confusing because like he's never really seen magic up close. Yeah, so. that was a what if though. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of magic. Also, this Wait. would be very cool Wait, for someone to do like those like fan art animations, mm-hmm. of right? All these descriptions of these fights. That would be, be amazing. Cool. To I watch. see it in my head cinematically. I do, I do yeah. too, kind of, but it would be amazing. I agree. Maybe we'll have cool fans like that one day. I hope. Right. <laughs> i put it in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> Caratori, Professor Caratori, and Headmaster back on the balcony. He says, with that, the sorcerers, we welcome for the Warlock Showcase, Professor Reza and Professor Aster. As the two professors stepped into the arena, the audience cheered. Professor Reza, a fierce-looking half-orc with a glaive in her hand, and, and Professor Aster, a calm-looking human with a great sword on his back, bowed to the audience. The combat began as Professor Reza charged towards Professor Aster, her glaive gleaming in the sunlight. Professor Aster, however, was ready for her attack and summoned a wall of force in front of him. The wall stopped Reza's glaive, and she stumbled back, surprised. Professor Aster then quickly followed up with an Eldritch Blast, which Reza deftly dodged. Reza retaliated with a hex, which she cast on Aster, weakening him. Aster retaliated with a Blade Ward, which he cast on himself. Reza then cast a Thunder Wave spell, which created a massive shockwave that knocked Aster back several feet. Aster, however, quickly recovered and retaliated with a Hellish Rebuke spell, which caused flames to erupt around Reza. Reza was able to absorb the energy from the flames and channel it back into her attacks. She swung her glaive at Aster, imbued with the fiery energy, but Aster was able to block the attack with his longsword. Finally, Reza was able to cast a Banishing Smite spell on Aster, which banished him to another plane of existence. The audience erupted in cheers as Reza was declared the winner. He's going to come back. He's gone. He pops back into existence. But uh, while this is happening, and after the introduction, Eliana, the name Aster sounds super familiar to you. Hmm. You're not 100% sure where, but you know you know this name. Name sounds familiar. And it's it's like one of those things that just like... It's going to gnaw at you yeah. until you figure it out. So, Great. <laughs> uh, Professor, <laughs> Professor Aster pops into, back into existence. He looks real frustrated. Covering, <laughs> he, uh, wasn't, he wasn't expecting that one. <laughs> they bow, and he walks off alone. And our, uh, Professor Reza takes an additional bow and then walks off after him. Can we... In- Fur after this fight that maybe these professors don't fight a lot with each other like that i assume that Be- they at least rehearse like somewhat yeah, yeah. is this like more this of a like rehearse a thing yeah, yeah. okay yeah i mean they they work together guy. they're in the same teaching department yeah. they know each other's abilities they may okay. not strictly rehearse it. they may it's it's they try to one-up each other every year. Okay. And, like, this is, like, a competition for them. Um, there is yeah. a, there is a, a, a you, your characters don't know this, but there is right. a level difference between these characters and every. Okay. One of them is more advanced, and one of them is not. Yeah, just as world-building, I was curious. Yeah. Yep. So, they, it is something that they probably rehearse, but it may be something they also. Are competitive like, over. Yeah, exactly. Twin students over. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so Carator back on the balcony. That was another that was another half work too. Or at least on one of the last ones. There's another one. Bash is liking um, the not orcs. <laughs> there's a lot of half orcs. Yeah, there's a few, yeah. They're they're kind of genetically made to be decent adventurers. True. Yeah. I love their ability when they drop to zero, they actually drop to one. Such a good ability. Yeah. Bash is finally now starting to wonder. <laughs> well, they're not full orc. Where are all the full orcs? Oh no! It only took 
this many <laughs> battles yeah. for him to start to be confused. <laughs> You're like, huh. well, he just now stopped thinking about food. He was thinking about food yeah. the whole time. Yeah, yeah, you caught me. <laughs> yep. But the thought that sits weirdly in your head is distracted as Kerator calls the next showcase, and then you know there's another battle. Oh, this one will have the orcs. All right. Bash gets more excited. <laughs> yeah. So, and then Kerator steps to the back, and he's like, a fantastic display from our resident warlocks. Now, we see the wizard showcase with... Professor Sofek and Professor Rarthal. As the two wizards stepped into the amphitheater, into the arena, the crowd of students roared with excitement. Professor Sofek started the duel by quickly casting the spell Magic Missile. He unleashed a flurry of glowing darts of energy towards Professor Rarthal, who deftly avoided them by transforming her body into stone. The darts ricocheted harmlessly off her rocky exterior. Professor Rarthal retaliated with a spell of her own, casting Polymorph on Professor Sofek. The crowd gasped as Professor Sofek transformed into a harmless little toad, hopping around the arena, but just as quickly as he had turned into a toad, he transformed back into his elven form with the spell Dispel Magic. Professor Sofek then began to summon a powerful elemental. The earth shook as a massive earth elemental materialized in the center of the arena ready to do Sofek's bidding. Professor Rarthal cast the spell slow on the elemental, slowing its movements. As the elemental lumbered towards her, Professor Rarthal cast the spell Transmute Rock, transforming the ground beneath her feet into quicksand. The elemental sunk into the quicksands, struggling to free itself from the sticky trap. But Professor Sofek had one more trick up his sleeve. He cast the spell Chain Lightning, and a bolt of lightning arced towards Professor Rarthal. She quickly cast the spell Shield, raising a magical barrier that absorbed the lightning bolt and protected her from harm. Professor Sofek summoned a swarm of meteor-like projectiles while Professor Rarthal transformed her arm into a deadly blade. As the duel came to a close, the crowd erupted into applause, cheering for both professors. In the end, it was declared a draw. Hmm. I have several distinct problems. <laughs> but I'm going to pretend like they didn't happen. Okay. For my sake. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. What's wrong? I'm sure if there were inaccuracies with the way the mechanics work, somebody will say something. Uh, somebody will. will. They will. So I'll it's just fine. let them say it. It's fine. It's just storytelling, guys. Yeah. 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 I take it as they're 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 doing like they're it's not an actual fight, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's not like how the mechanics of D would really supposed to work. They're just doing spells to showcase that they can do them. Yeah. Okay, check yeah. out this cool thing I can do. Yeah. If not, we're gonna die on that hill. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, they because... uh, they got to a draw because yep. they ran out of spell slots. Yep. As yeah. wizards often do. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh non lethally hit people with meteors, because that definitely can happen. <laughs> Hey, listen. And, uh, <laughs> you know when you get polymorphed into a toad? Can you kind of lose the ability to cast any spells. So I'm going to pretend like he had an item that activated upon him turning yes. into a toad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All of those things, of course. Totally if kosher you problems for our with... version of D&D, which isn't the real version because we don't have levels anyway. Yeah. If you have any problems with what happened just then, you can you can uh, hit up Austin's Twitter. And... Yep. As per usual. <laughs> or you can just read the Dungeon Master's Guide and like page one says, these are basically just guidelines for you to use. Yeah, no, exactly. go ahead, Austin. It's funnier yeah. that way. Uh, you Wait, could... no. <laughs> it is funnier that way. <laughs> All right. With that, Kerator takes the balcony again, and he says he's clapping. And he leads the the audience, all you students, in in applause. Give it up for the armor class staff. Yeah, Yeah, where are the orcs? (laughs) (laughs) This is right. Okay, so let's welcome back the staff. Everybody, all the teachers come back out in the arena and they all stand there. Now, as our tenderfoots in our doyen know, it is time for the greenhorns to choose 
each of you in your in who have arrived today for the first time must make a choice of which path of adventuring they would like to study and pursue. You must simply come forward from the stands and join the group with the professors who uh, delivered a showcase that spoke most to you. You may choose now. Ask your questions. It is time to make the decision to set you on your path to become a hero. We're on a journey to discover what we're made of In a world that we don't know Humble beginnings to the grandest of adventures to show The future is calling our names And we will cross that horizon into brighter days We will stand Ladies and gentlemen, that once again brings us to the end of another episode of Armor Class. We hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed making it. And don't forget to stay till the end for another Armor Class outtake. Join us next week for when this first day at Armor Class will come to fruition and our characters will finally receive their classes and levels. And if you're loving the extra content and want more of it, we finally have bonus content live on our Patreon. So, if you're enjoying the podcast and would like to support the show, consider checking out our Patreon. Details are in the link tree. As a reminder, don't forget to do the social media things like follow, subscribe, rate, review, all that jazz. It truly helps, and we very much appreciate it. And with that being said, I have nothing left for you. Don't forget to do your homework and stay out of detention. We'll see you next week. Mud squinter. I want to be the mud squinter. I choose mud squinter. A man walks out on stage and throws out a bunch of mud and says, join the mud squinters and just covers himself in it. No magic, nothing impressive. He just gets really covered in it. And he's just just staring angrily at the crowd. He says, mud squincher, mud squincher. Well, that's different than what you said. I think. I said mud squincher the whole time. You said squinter. A squinter? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's squinter. Well, because you said blood hunter, so I said mud yeah. squinter. Mud squinter is what he says. He doesn't even know the name of it. He's so confused. Yeah, exactly. And He's like, they, join the squinters. They, they, uh, they rush him and tackle him and pull him off stage. He's just uh, he's That's a great. mud elemental that they have to get rid mud of. Mud right. squinter. Gollum. Ugh. Join oh, the God. mud squinters. <laughs> Uh, he's eating the the mud. Why, <laughs> Why you like this? What flavor is this? That's really good. Green apple. And don't lie to me, Jeremiah. You thought that would have been me. I don't know. It's <laughs> it that. says it on the front. It did.